Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. Hello, I won't say good morning because I got in trouble last week. Not in trouble, I'm sorry. I hope it's it didn't also come not across the that morning, way. it's the afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> Uh, so it's currently Monday as we're recording this intro. Um, so it has been the weekend and it's been the first weekend in a while where I haven't seen you. So what did you get up to? Yes, cleaning all Saturday, mm. but it had to be done. Mm. And I feel so much better. They're on top of our, we don't have a laundry because we never built it. We just have, we have, you to have one of those European ones. Well, we, but we haven't built the, the cupboards. European so they're just kind of sitting it's out. Just yeah. two, it's a laundry and a wash, a laundry, a washing machine and a dryer. Mm. Basically just in the kitchen. Mm. And on top of them, we just, it's like our place that we just put miscellaneous items that we don't want to put away. Mm. And because the dryer accumulates so much dust, it's just like dust and items and random. And it was just the, and I, every time I looked at it, it was like, I need to fix that one mm. day. And we cleaned it and I feel so much. I feel like we've got a new house just because we got rid of the stuff on top of the dryer. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like a, a moment of clarity. I think when you finally clean something that you've been staring at, that's been like staring back at you all week. There was the most, there was actually a box on top of it with one of my handbags in the box. So obviously what's happened is someone come over, I'm like, shivers, I'll clean everything from the Just bench, put, put it in, in a box. box. <laughs> a handbag that had important cards in it that I thought I'd lost and I thought I lost the handbag as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just on top of the laundry with like do- clean yeah. dog pads on top of it. Just random. I'm glad anyway. you used the word clean <laughs> before you said dog pads. Otherwise I'd be having a conversation with you. Um, uh, yeah, so then I did the Mother's Day Classic on Sunday, which was lovely. Yeah, I saw that. With AIA? Yes. Yeah, is the nice. walk. We did the walk twice. And then you had a bottle of wine with adult. Yay, last night. <laughs> I was telling Steph, we watched it. We haven't watched a good movie in a very, very, very long time. Mm. And we watched a movie, I think it's called The Hate You Give. Mm-hmm. 100% recommend. It was so good. Mm. And we had some red wine. It was lovely. That's nice. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was good. Mother's Day was lovely. Um, basically went out for brekkie with mum and the family and then Mum came and hung out with me all day. It's so nice. Um, and then what did we do? Oh, and then we went and saw Josh's mum and the rest of the family Friday, uh, Sunday night. So, yeah, Sunday was very much a mother's day, but I also got some cleaning done, which is good. And then what did I <laughs> How do exciting Saturday? Are we? How's your weekend? Well, we I cleaned this part and I did this laundry. Isn't it? <laughs> but I think because we've become so busy, it is actually something to celebrate. Yeah. Like actually getting that sort of stuff done is just so fulfilling now. Um, and then Saturday, what did I do? I think I, no, we went out for dinner and we got tacos, which was delicious. We literally, yeah, we literally Where'd you go? Brunswick Street. I think it was that called. That is so random. I know. We were going to meet some friends there, but then they were kind of having a bit of a different night as in like drinking a bit. And Josh and I were kind of a bit tired yes. going out. So we were like, let's just eat dinner and go back home and watch a movie. So we kind of had your Sunday night, but on Saturday night. Um, really good tacos. I can't remember the name of the place though. So sorry about that. Okay. Poor recommendation. Um, because there's not many restaurants on Brunswick Street. So I'm sure you'd be able to work it out. I think it's right next door to Naked for Satan. That was sarcasm. There's oh. a lot of restaurants on oh. Brunswick Street. <laughs> anyway, really good tacos. Went straight back home and put on Mr. and Mrs. Smith because Josh had never seen it. I can't believe he'd never seen it. Yeah, I know. But he made a good point. It is a bit of a slow movie. I can't remember. I feel like it's a classic and I was like, you have to watch this. And I kind of just wanted an excuse to stare at two beautiful people (laughs) for the whole time. (laughs) They're great together. 
Um, but then when I rewatched it and he was kind of disappointed at the end, I was like, yeah, it was a bit slow actually. Whereas <laughs> usually any movie pleases me. So anyway, that's enough about our weekend. Um, so it obviously was Mother's Day and we thought um, the best way to celebrate Mother's Day was to have our mums on the podcast. So that is the chat you will be listening to. We recorded this on Friday last week, um, right before we had our kick yoga session with our mums. It was so cute. We didn't really explain that event to our mums. And so after the podcast, they thought we were literally just taking them to a yoga class as a Mother's Day present. And we were like, no, 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 this is an event. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm hoping they enjoyed themselves. I think they did. Uh, and yeah, we, we got a lot out of this conversation, I think. It was really exciting to be able to ask them some questions that um, I had never asked my mum and Laura, you had never asked your mum before. And um, we did answer quite a few questions from the community. So um, do listen out for your names if you asked us to ask anything. Um, and we learned a bit. There's a few really things did. in here that we didn't know about our mum. Mm-hmm. So we hope that you enjoyed learning them for yeah. the first time just as we did <laughs> Friday. Hello. Hello. Hi. (laughs) We have uh, two very, very special guests today, as you would have just been introduced to. So, Mum, do you want to speak so people know who you are, Wendy? Hi, I'm Wendy, Steph's (laughs) mum. And Mum? Uh, I'm Julie, Laura's mum. <laughs> I wonder if people can tell from their voices who's who's and like who's who's mum. That might be a good thing anyway. Voices are similar. They yeah. know. Maybe. <laughs> um, so before we get started with this chat, we always start off um, with some little quick fire questions just so the audience can get to know you guys. We obviously know you very well, but I'm actually really excited for this chat because I feel like we're going to get to know you even more so because there's a lot of topics on here that we've probably all never spoken to each other about. Um, but just to start off with, to warm up, uh, Mum, I'll get you to start. Three fun facts about you can be absolutely anything. Okay. I'm not sure that they're fun, but here we are. I'll go, go for it. Um, born in England and uh, all my adulthood in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born with one kidney. And I didn't know that. Yeah. You know what, Mum? I didn't know that. Mm, what? Wow. Go. I did not know that. You've never said that. There's a lesson in there, girls. <laughs> Ask your mother questions. <laughs> oh or parents, Mom, should I say. Um, how many kidneys do you have? <laughs> I don't know. Third. I'm assuming there's two there. <laughs> Third fact, I've never used spray tan. Oh, yeah. That Interesting. They were really That is a good one. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and, Mum, what about you? Um... I'm one of seven, so I've got three brothers, three sisters. I always laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> like me. <laughs> it's hereditary. Um, and I often wear Laura's hand-me-downs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me too. I remember, I know that when Laura gets some things or um, she wants to hand them down, she's like, Mum will like this one. <laughs> um, that's you, because you've come from a big family as well, Mum. Five, yeah, yeah. baby of five. Yep. And the only hand-me-downs I can use of Steph's are her shoes. Our feet are the same size, but otherwise, <laughs> can't go there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So now this one, um, you might have to dive into the past a little bit, but the most pivotal moment, it can be in your career or just in your life in general, a moment where you think has, has been really 
um, substantial in change or whatever in your life. Over to me. Um, oh, yeah, I know. I keep just looking <laughs> at you. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, look, the, there's probably a few, um, but I think the very first pivotal moment, which I didn't realise until after the event, was when I made the decision to move from England and come to Australia. So With Dad. With Dad. So I had the working holiday first and then went home, got married at the uh, ripe old age of 20 mm-hmm. and came back to Australia um, so that was quite pivotal because it was a, a big shift in, well, it started off a whole new career for me, but mm. really a whole new life mm. in a country where I really knew nobody and everybody I did know was because um, they were Russell's friends, yeah. my husband's friends. So that was a pivotal turning point for me mm. in many ways. Mm. Mm. And thank goodness you came here. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> would be we no were, kick. No. Well, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and what about you, Mum? Um, well, I'm still waiting on my pivotal moment in my career. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I so I'll talk about a life one, and I think um, my life one is your life one too, in that um, when we managed to buy a house after the divorce mm-hmm. and live in the same community where you grew up. So mm-hmm. I think that after all the... Um, you know, going through the divorce and the unhappiness, there was one thing that I could keep constant, which was to keep you in the same community. So I think for us, that was probably pretty um, pivotal. Pivotal. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a take. You gotta... <laughs> no, we're going to keep that one in there, Julie. <laughs> and now looking into the future a little bit, um, doesn't have to be career-based or anything like that, but what's a goal that comes to mind? Might as well start with you again, Mum. <laughs> Yeah, um, not so much career, um, but goal is it's really about um, uh, remaining healthy, you know, Mm -hmm. keeping on that health wagon, Mm -hmm. you know, as you see your parents aging and the impacts of slowing down, being older. So it's it's really about focusing on just, you know, being as healthy and happy as possible. So you can be here forever for me. That's Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) That's right. Who else is going to do your... um, Accounting. accounting. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, don't yeah. tell them that. <laughs> you do say super active, don't you, Wendy? Because you do the kick workout. Seth sends me the videos. Oh, look, I, and I think uh, one of the questions later is about a, a goal. And my goal, I'll answer it early, is just to have more regular deliberate exercise. Mm-hmm. So I guess for me, I've always been a very, you know, I don't, I don't sit down much. Um, I, I walk a lot, yeah. um, but it's not deliberate exercise. And I think there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty active. Yes. Um, and I do do the kick workouts, but not, you know, it's very spasmodically. Um, so that would be my goal to just have more regular Routine. deliberate exercise as opposed to just, well, I've been on my feet all day today. So that's enough. Yeah. Love it. And what about you, mum, your first goal that comes to mind that can be in relation to anything? Um, I think I'd, um, I'm still keen to um, have a goal in my career and move on and get a bit more advanced in that area. Now that the kids have, you know, you've all grown up and moved on, I think, well, now it's a bit more time for me and I think working is quite fulfilling so I need to stay in that space. Um, and my other goal is to clean a garage. Oh, that's a good one. Such a nice short-term Probably goal. because when I moved out, I just left all my stuff there <laughs> and I was like, I'll come back and get this sometime. And anytime my messages me and says, Laura, the garage, and like, mum, I can't think about it You probably it right just now. think about your own <laughs> yeah. storage room at your own house and you're like, no, I'm not putting any more in there. I thought that first. I've got a two-car garage and my one little tiny car has to squeeze into it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so that now let's get on to Korea, just so that everyone can get to know you guys and what what your career has been like. Um, so first of all, what do you do, and then how did you get into it? Was it something that you always wanted to do? My uh, my background is in HR, human resources. Um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, and to be honest, even throughout my career, I would still say, I'm not really sure what I want to do in the future. Mm. And the future is now upon me. (laughs) Um, I fell into um, HR. Um, I was extremely lucky. Um, I didn't even really know what it was. So when I first arrived in Australia, my background was in um, hospitality management. And when I got to Australia, um, I um, had a, a position came up and uh, I actually didn't get the first position I applied for. It was in an office and um, because I thought it was time to have a bit of a change. And I didn't get offered that job, but they said to me, don't be too upset, we'd like you to come back in and talk to us about a job in personnel. And personnel is mm. HR. Um, I had no idea what it was, but that was the start of my career, which I've been in now for 30 two years. Mm. Um, So it's just evolved. Very fortunate that it has. I've loved it and it's helped me in so many other areas in my life. Um, And I think that's, you know, that's where I'll be be finishing my career. When you were younger, did you have any other ideas in mind? Like anything, like even throughout high school and stuff, did you think you were going to be doing something else? Um, I I always had an interest in the police force. Mm but never pursued that. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it was um, the men in uniform. But <laughs> there was nothing about that. Um, but uh, I remember being asked that question at school. I don't know how old I was, but I remember being asked that question at school and I'd never even thought about it. Mm. But the night before I'd been to a circus, so my answer was, I want to be in the circus. <laughs> Run so away. that's the only time I've ever actually put something down in writing about what I want to do. Um, it's really just evolved. I've been very fortunate. And I think um, for me, it was just always um, making the most of what I was doing at the time. Mm. And that created opportunities for me. Um, and, you know, new positions came and people approached me and new opportunities. So I feel very fortunate, but I think it's also, you know, you sort of make that um, your own. Mm. Um which, which has been been good. So, so no, I, there was never anything else that uh, the police force was just a, a general interest. But as I said, I never pursued it. Did you feel growing up that you had to choose one career? And because I feel like now we, as millennials well, growing pressure, up now, yeah. we kind of feel like I'm, I think it, we change jobs five times in our life, mm-hmm. or even more than that. So I feel like if I choose what I want to do now and I don't like it later, I can change. But growing up, did you feel like you had to make the decision of what you were going to do for the rest of your life? I I never thought of it that way, um, but on the other hand, it wasn't. It, it also wasn't like um, I constantly reached that point of okay, now what's next? Mm. What's next? Before I got to that point, I was very fortunate that new opportunities came to me. Mm. I, whilst I've done a lot of interviewing because of my background, the first other than the interview I had when I first came to Australia and got into personnel, the first interview I had didn't come for about 15 years because in that 15 years, whilst I had moved to different jobs and even different companies, it was all about people approaching me. So I never I, I never did um, get into that situation where I thought, 
don't want to do what I'm doing. What am I going to do next? It, it was sort of well into 15, 20 years into my career before I had to actively go out there <laughs> mm. and go, right, now I need now I need a job. Mm. Um, so, no, but that, that I, I appreciate that that's different um, than what most people experience. Yeah, I suppose what people could take from that, though, is that you just took the opportunity because you might have been unsure of what direction because there is still so many people who have no idea what they want to do mm-hmm. and so if you're thrown opportunity I don't think there's any harm in taking it and yeah. going yeah. with it and seeing how it's gone yeah. and it's obviously worked for you yeah yeah and and look I'm probably my nature is I tend to be more a, a content mm-hmm. person I'm not constantly um you know looking for the next opportunity mm-hmm. I've never been that nature um that's not because I'm not sort of I'm definitely not, I don't think, a high achiever, but I have a high level of energy in the job that I'm doing and Mm. what I do, I want to do really, really well. And so that's what's created the opportunities for me. It's not because I've been looking for them, but people have noticed and, you know, provided me the opportunity. Mm. So I feel incredibly lucky. I've just been, in many cases, I've been in the right place at the right time and and by doing the right thing and doing it well, it's been noticed. And Mm. I think there's... That's still an element in the workforce today, Mm. Um, but there is a whole lot more around, you know, needing certain education and all of those sorts Mm. of things as well. So I consider myself very lucky. And you've given us lots of very, very great HR advice as well that we appreciate (laughs) because we're still learning. What about you, Mum? Well, I grew up in a um, a pretty active family life and my parents were very active too. So um, my older sister went into PE and teacher and so when I, um, my choice to, was to go into something similar. So I studied um, recreation, did a Bachelor of Arts and um, when I finished that, I wrote to all the islands in Queensland and said I'd like to be an activities hostess <laughs> as we all were doing at that time and then I got a job working um, in local government doing bike education and I was doing that for about two months and it was a really rainy day and I get a call from South Mile Island to say, do you want to come up and work up here? And I went, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) So I went up there and I worked um, just for three months because it was just about fun. There was no career in it and I realised that pretty quickly. So I came back to Melbourne and then worked again in community recreation. So working with sports clubs and um, doing event management, things like that for about six years. And then I was married and fell pregnant with you. And at that time in local government, you had to, we went on maternity leave, but then when you came back, you had to come back full time. Mm. And there was Mm. no way I was going to come back full time. So I resigned and then stayed at home for about eight years, looking after you and Luce and Sienna, and um, also helping out your dad in in the news agency. And then I went back part time when Lucy was only two, so that was hard. Um, And then we you know, I went through divorce. So then I had to find a full-time job. Um, So then I went into another position of recreation planning where I am today in the same organisation, but I've swapped jobs since then and doing leisure facilities contract management now, which is um, a good job. But yeah, I was sort of, this is why I say to you, Laura, when, you know, I really want you to finish your degree (laughs) and to get a foot, you know, get a real, into your job so that you can, if when you do step out to have a family, you're able to just step back in. So I think that's what I was so grateful for, having the degree behind me and having part-time work, that when I did have to move into a full-time job, I could, um, because if I didn't have anything behind me, I would have been, you know, financially, we would have been in a real pickle. So 
um, yeah, I just that's why I'm so strong on you finishing your degree. Even though I only have a job. <laughs> anyway, um, what was it like? I know you've spoken to me about um, having a long time out of the workplace, obviously to um, look after me and my sisters. Um, how did you feel going back into it? Was that really difficult? Had things changed? Well, when I left, we had one computer in the office of about eight or nine and it was no one really got on it. And when I came back, everyone had a computer. So I was really lucky that my office was right next to the IT department. So I was very good friends with them. (laughs) (laughs) They got to know you. Um, Which is how I work. I, um, if I don't know anything, I admit to it. And I just go, because working in local government, there's um, a huge spread of expertise and experience. So I don't mind walking into anyone's office and saying, right, can you help me? Because I work on projects, so I need to bring everybody in. Yeah. So I've no hesitation doing that. I know I'm not an expert in every field, so I just go out and, and find the information. And, yeah, so it had, the work, it had changed a lot with yeah. respect to that and the whole culture in local government also changed because they'd gone through um, amalgamations and um, competitive tendering and all that sort of stuff. Was So it had changed. It was a different environment. But you're on... When you have to go back, when I didn't have a choice and it was almost like on survival mode, I had to, you know, bring money in to bring you three girls up. So um, that was my focus and I think that's what got me over the line too. Gave me the confidence to step back in. I didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. I think it was really good though that you brought that up, Um, the trait that you had where you'd always ask if there was something you didn't know. And mum, that's always something that you've taught me as well, whether it's in work or even in school and stuff, was to just speak up and not be afraid to ask and that's the only way you're going to learn and, and evolve and everything. I think that's really important for everyone um, who's going into the workplace or anything to, to understand that. And that's something that we've even talked to our team about. Like, it's not, you, there's never a silly question kind of thing. Mm. So that's good. Um, there was a question actually, it was right at the end, but I'm going to bring it up because we've been talking about, you know, pivotal moments in your career and, and, and changes in your life. Um, just quickly, is there anything that you haven't done yet in life that you mm. wish you had um, or is there any regrets in life? No regrets. Yeah. Um, again, that's not in my nature. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just think, you know, things are what they are and, and um, you know, what will be will be is, is very much a, a mantra I um, follow. Um So, I mean, there's nothing that I would go back um, and change. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything I haven't done that I really wanted to do. um, No, I'm still, you know, I've still got half my life ahead of me, really. (laughs) Um, And um, I guess it's all those things that perhaps you don't get the opportunity to whilst you're working. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're looking at, you know, sometime in the next five years is being able to say, okay, let's go into semi-retirement. Um, and, you know, the, we've got plans beyond that. Mm. So it, it's it's not that I feel like I've missed out on anything. Um, so no, not for me. And I'm the same as Wendy, no regrets. I love Edith Piaf's song about <laughs> 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 no regrets. I have that up so loud. Um, but what I would do, like I... First time last year went to Europe, mm. um, travelled with some friends for a bit, but also on my own as well. And I think that's what I want to do a lot more of, yeah. getting out, going overseas and seeing the world. Yeah. yeah. And I have to work to do that. <laughs> I have to earn money. Yes, that's one thing mum always um, said to me. I know we've spoken about it. I think you were the same. Is that I remember mum, you always said growing up uh, about credit cards and that 
I should never get one and you never understood about putting a holiday on a credit card. So you always said to me, if you ever want to go on a holiday, you have to pay it off before you get there because there's nothing worse than going on it, coming back and having to pay for it when you have nothing to look forward to. Yep. Yeah, I've never been brought <laughs> up on credit on cards either. No, you guys were never big credit no, card people either. No, absolutely not. And, and really, I mean, the first... I was always raised with, you know, if you want something, you save, you save yeah. um, and then you buy it when you've got the money. Mm-hmm. And the very first loan um, or, uh, you know, something we bought that we didn't have the money for was our first home, mm. which I think for most people that's the case, but yeah. maybe not so much nowadays. Mm. Um, but, um, and obviously we do have credit cards or I do have credit cards now, but it's used very much as a debit card. Yeah. I know I've got the money there. Yeah. Um, and it's just a way of being able to manage that money. Yeah. So I'm pleased that that rubbed off on. I think oh, it rubbed off on, on both of us. Yeah, and I think it's sure. been really handy that mm. even though we never planned it, I think it's helped us work together so much better because we have exactly the same values yeah. when it comes to savings. So true. <laughs> <laughs> we both were so on the same page when it was like, how much money should we keep in the business or let's just not take anything we just, out. We're always like, we have to keep it because what could go wrong? Yeah. And I think that's from what both of you have instilled in us. So mm. thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and then I suppose touching on our business, obviously a lot of the, the background of, of why we started that was because especially nowadays with social media and everything, you hear a lot more often about how unfortunately common it is uh, that there's so much body dysmorphia. Dis- I always can't Dys- say this word. Dysmorphia. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Dysmorphia. <laughs> um, or like eating disorders, uh, body image issues, all of that stuff is coming out. Um, and it's it's seeming like it's becoming more common. But do you guys think that it's only seeming that way because there's things like social media and platforms like social media where it's spoken about more often? Like, do you remember growing up? Was there um, any girls that you knew or even your own experiences with yourself, um, major body image issues or anything back in the day? Or do you think that things like social media and everything have almost fueled that um, and made it a bigger, bigger issue than it ever has been before? It's a really tough one. Mm. Um because I I grew up in quite a sort of a small community. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, not a big city. Um, and um, so it's not something that I ever sort of grew up with a, a great awareness around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also I'm someone that has always, and I'll put credit to my mum and dad around this, I've grown up always looking at people and seeing the person, mm-hmm. never what they look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's shocking because, you know, I walk into the office and people will say something to another person, a person sitting next to me, you know, oh, you've, you know, you've lost weight or you've had your hair done. And I feel terrible for not having commented, but I actually don't notice yeah. these things. I don't, I'm not looking at that person in that way. Um, I see if there's a change in their personality. I don't mm-hmm. see if there's a change in, in the way they look. Um so I'm, I'm grateful that I grew up that way. So I wasn't really, it wasn't something I was very conscious of myself. Mm. Um, has social media, look, I, 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 th- I think it probably was around, mm-hmm. um, but less people knew about it or had a word for it. Yeah. Um, less people talked about it. So yeah. I think it's a double-edged thing mm. where, or sword, sword sounds like the wrong word, but I think in many ways it's good that it's out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm also sure that there's probably a lot of young people who are quite vulnerable that mm. will will grab onto that mm. 
and because it's got a name and they can mm. associate with it, it would actually create it, the idea, the idea, yeah. and evolve on it, and mm-hmm. that does concern me. Mm-hmm. Um, with um, you know, young people, male or female, it it does concern me that they perhaps put that tag on it too soon, because I think we all go through those little ups and downs, but they don't all have to turn into a monster, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe um, people hold on to that for a little bit longer because mm-hmm. it's out there and people are talking about mm-hmm. it and getting responses to it. But I certainly think it's better that mm-hmm. the education's out there and their support group is out there, but it does concern me that perhaps um, for some people that that aren't going down that track, mm-hmm. it's, it's just so... Yeah. in the forefront Mm. that they think they have a problem and they don't actually have that problem. It reminds me, Laura, of when we went and did a school chat with grade sixes. Yes. And we walked in and we obviously had to alter our chats so much when we realised how young they were. Um, And what was so great about that chat was they were all so confident and they were all so, you know, beautiful. And when it came to a a section um, where most of the high school kids either rolled their eyes or didn't want to be a part of or were really embarrassed when we got them to write down compliments for themselves. These year sixes were like they ready the to go. Yeah. I think they all did about 20. Yeah. Usually we can't even get girls to do three. Um, so that that was kind of eye-opening to us. Mm. It was like, that, well, that's pretty amazing if they're in that headspace now. Like, let's just hope that they can somewhat stick to that. <laughs> so what age, what age was that? They were uh, t- 11 or 12, 11. Okay. I can't okay. remember what age we were in each year level. Grade six, I think. Okay. I think you were twelve when you're seven, so eleven. Okay. Yeah. So that, that that's where there must there's some sort of turning point. Mm-hmm. And I guess when you talk about when you move from you know into twelve, thirteen, fourteen, for young girls, you're talking about um, you know getting their period yeah. and developing as a woman. Um, but also, it's probably about that time at the moment where parents are going, okay, you need a phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where they do get yeah. access to a whole lot of things. Yeah. So it's. There's, there's got to be something, yeah. you know, that does seem yeah. to be a turning point where suddenly they go from being very confident and um, very comfortable in their bodies to, um, you know, suddenly. And, and that whole move into high school, you know, you've gone from a comfort group in primary school where everybody knows you mm. to going into high school yeah. where even if you've got your mates with you, you're exposed to a whole lot of new, new groups. Mm. So it's that survival period. Mm. And I think it's so special, Wendy, that you are able to see past people's physical appearance. And I think that's something that we could all learn from. Mm. So do you have any advice for young women as to how they can actually um, do that in their life? Yeah, maybe stop comparing themselves to others. Oh, you know, it's easy to say it. Um, It's not something I've done consciously. It's just something I grew up. It's the way I was brought up and grew up. Um, And I don't know how how that developed or evolved, but I just never thought of it th- that way. Um, it was probably as, a, I mean, as a youngster, you know, my mother was nursing and she worked with lots of elderly people and I was exposed to that. I saw a lot of, you know, I saw a lot of things that perhaps young young girls wouldn't normally get exposed mm. to. So I think I just had this... Um, the bigger picture. The okay. bigger picture. Yeah. And I, I had more... I had quite a lot of life experience as a young child, but in a very positive way, but I saw people for really who they were. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know how to advise someone otherwise, but yes, you know, don't compare. Um, it's good to look 
up to people, um, but for all different reasons, mm. um, not just, um, you know, uh, well, you should never look up to someone for how they look. Yeah. You can certainly admire someone for, for how they might hold themselves or how they might look or how they might dress. Um, but we are all individuals. Mm. So I, I don't know what advice to give, but <laughs> it's it's just one of those things that I think it, it's... That's. I feel very fortunate that I've I've never looked at someone and thought, ooh, they're a bit overweight or they're a bit skinny. Um, I've, it's it's just not it's not what I see when I look at a person. Like you have special rainbow glasses on. <laughs> I want a pair. Yeah. <laughs> Such a special way to think. And mum, what about you? Did you feel any body pressures growing up, or do you feel that that's very much more so happening now because of social media? Um. <clears throat> Growing up to, um, in our era, there, there wasn't any takeaway food shops. You had to cook mm-hmm. from scratch. So we were all what would be called today is slim. Mm. Um, so if you look back on photos of the 70s and the 80s, everyone's, mm. there's not many people who are actually overweight. Mm. And body image, I can't, it didn't exist mm. back no. when we were growing up. There was no, no conversation about it. But listening to you now talk, Wendy, about, you know, when you go to high school and you, everyone's developing, I think that's probably when maybe the time that I noticed that because I was flat-chested, so, you know, the, the, you got the teasing from the boys and whatnot. Um, but that didn't worry me too much either because I was sporty. So mm. that was mum said, you're sporty, you can't, you don't yeah, want it boobs. It would be good if you had boobs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so I was on the cross-country team from year seven to year 12 and that... Mm. Um, made me think, well, maybe that's why, you know. And then when mm. I went to uni, I literally put a, a stone on every year of uni. What's a stone? Um, I don't know, so many kilos. A couple of kilos, I don't know. <laughs> Quite a few, actually. <laughs> yes, I started at 10. I think I finished it. I was like 10 stone when I finished, but, um, which is around 60, I think. Mm, okay, um, so still very slim. Well, um, yeah, but it was – so it wasn't an issue at all and it's not – but, yeah, social media has – I think if we had social media and we were being told to can well to compare ourselves, then maybe it would have been. Mm. I think also though, um, not so much social media, but technology. Mm. So when we were growing up, we didn't have mobile phones, we didn't have laptops. Yeah. And so, because I was going to say, even when we talk about our childhood, like we didn't have social media, but we really, really loved having the magazines. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked watching VVS shows, like all that sort of stuff. So we were exposed to that. Did you guys watch much TV or like look up to actresses or certain models or anything like that? That countdown. (laughs) See, I uh, countdown wasn't in English English, to my memory. If it was, I didn't watch it. not so much, um, but I think um, the point I was trying to make there is that because there was less technology, mm. um, we we did less sitting around, mm. okay? We did less using technology. Yeah. Um, you know, we biked, we walked, we, we couldn't rely on our parents to drive us around everywhere before we had a car mm. because they were working. Mm. Um, so we walked everywhere, we used public transport, we... Um, you know, we were always out with with friends doing things, physical things. Mm. Yeah. So I think there was um, just in general life, you were much more yeah. active yeah. than a lot of people are now. So with yeah. with the generation now, you deliberately go and do gym and because you know workouts day, and stuff because for yeah. another a good part of the day mm. you're watching TV or watching Netflix yeah. or on your phones. 
we never had that. Yeah. All that time that you're sitting there on technology, we were probably out on bikes or, you know, doing paper rounds and mm, all of yeah. those sorts of things. We and were, were much more active. But we could do it too because we had that freedom. But parenting these days, because I know I've ch- I did change a bit from the way I was brought up, so I was a bit more protective of Laura. Yeah. Um, it's rubbing off on Laura, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> She's the most helicopter parent of Billy. I can't even. <laughs> yeah, so I'd assume that, yeah, the parents of today are quite involved yeah. in their kids' lives, yeah. um, whereas my parents weren't involved in my life at all yeah. and I survived. So yeah. when, you know, with um, the girls, there was times when I thought, well, you know what, I survived, so I'll let them do those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and, but today I see parents actually knowing exactly where their kids are. They've actually got them on the phone knowing, yeah, you know, like a tracking yeah, yes. device and yes. reading their conversations. Yes. And I, that's what I just not come, I just would never go there. I, um, yeah. My kids are, you know, when they're giving them the um, ability to make their own decisions and be responsible for what they are and, have, and going through those consequences was was, you know, important to me um, and to see someone involve themselves in their child's yeah. life and try and live through them, yeah. um, I think that damages the kids. So I, mm. I just, you know. Well, I think you're not necessarily helping them in the future mm. because if you're not there or not aware of something that's going on, they've no longer, they, they haven't developed the skills to be able to deal with mm, those issues right. head on. Yeah. They're always expecting a parent to come in and help them or mm. put them on, on track. So yep. totally agree. Yep. And mm. if you think back, well, we survived and we had no supervision. Yeah. So they're yeah. going to survive now. Yeah, so so why did you walk me into every party? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> when was that, Laura? I can't in remember that. Every time you had to I check. did not. In you oh, you know why? Because it was the whole thing about alcohol. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So kind of go do whatever you want, but um, also not. <laughs> So we have a few questions from the community as well. And we have one from Rachel, which is a very sweet one that we wanted to ask. What do you wish you could tell your younger self? I've got to think about it. Well, we've sort of been talking about it a bit in that um, to value yourself and not let yourself be defined by other people. Mm. I think that's what I would tell myself. And I still need to tell myself today Mm. to do that and... Um, yeah, and just disown what people say if it's negative. Mm. Having that power, I think, and be confident in your, be confident in yourself, and just to value yourself. Mm. Yeah, you can say ditto. <laughs> well, well, ditto. But I, um, I guess I never. I'm sure I would have um, had negative comments over my past, but it never it never seemed to penetrate. Mm. Um, You're lucky, Wendy. I was going to say. Yeah, I don't know. I must have some sort of human (laughs) shield up. I don't know. Um, So we are are ditto. Um, Yes. So I think after this we're getting the glasses. I know, I was going to say. we're getting the human shield. Yep. I should I should copyright them or something. We could make memories. (laughs) DNA. I am not perfect, by the way. I'm not saying I'm not sitting here saying I'm perfect, but I think I just, you know, I my expectations. Um, I don't know. I think some some people would probably um, have very high expectations. I wouldn't say I haven't, but I've I've you know not deliberately. Just, I, I don't know. It's what you said before. Just, you're just content. Yeah, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds boring, really, doesn't no, it? It's not, but it's, it's a very, very nice boring. way to think. And I think even visually, obviously, you do not have a shield in front of you at all times because, <laughs> you know, we wish. But if you could visualise that shield, and I think it's something, Seth, that we, I mean, that's one of the biggest things we, we struggle with is trolling and negative feedback and so sometimes maybe it's just that we need to visualize that that shield is there as silly as it sounds it's kind of like you have that power within yourself to put it up you know what I think I've I've just thought a little bit more about it and maybe this is why I ended up in HR and why I've remained in HR Um, I have um, an innate ability I'm being being um, giving myself some credit here it's all right (laughs) always always um look at things um, from other people's shoes. Mm -hmm. So I think if I see something bad happening or if I see someone doing something wrong, um, then I always try and put myself in their shoes Mm -hmm. to understand why why they might have said, may have said that or why they have you know targeted that person. And it's not to excuse them or excuse the behaviour. But it's to try and understand what has caused them to do that wrong thing. Yeah. So um, that's that's always been. And if I I don't I think if I didn't have that, then I wouldn't have been able to be as successful in my job Mm. as I am. Um, Because you know what's right, but when you see someone doing something wrong, my you know the the way I I deal with that is trying to understand now why did they do that. And, and, and that's when you can take them on a journey to go, okay, well, it is wrong, but why have you done it? And let's let's deal with that cause as opposed to, you know, what you've done with that. You know, because you've always been that kind of person, even, even in the way that you brought us up, when I was younger and I didn't understand what HR was, I used to tell people at school that you were a psychologist. <laughs> like, I literally, I was like, she helps people. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I would really love to hear both of your thoughts. Um, I know, Mum, when I was younger, I really liked being in front of the camera. I can tell because of the amount of family albums have my face on all of the photos. Um, And then I also did a little bit of modelling when I was about eight years old for a couple of years um, and then started up again. How did you feel when I told you when I was finishing high school that I wanted to have a gap year and that I wanted to get into modelling? Or even, you know, in that last year of high school when I started being interested in it. How were you feeling about the idea of me getting into the industry? Um, I was fine because I think, um, and this relates to uh, another area of another question, um, what I learnt um, as a parent um, as you moved into those teenage years um, and, um, you know, grew up and started to develop your own thoughts and and opinions on things. And always thought that I was right and you were wrong. (laughs) No, not the the case. If you did, you didn't let me know that. Um, But, um, you know, you'd come home with some correct crazy ideas or we're going to do this and we're going to do that and initially it like it really I I sort of had to you know okay let's talk about it what's the plan what's the time what's the date etc and then it would fizzle out and nothing would happen (laughs) and I got to that point where I realized that okay I don't need to panic about everything that you come home and say um, because most of the time it's just you know um, a group of young people who've got together they've got this crazy idea Mm -hmm. and they're excited about it and why you know put a um, why pop the balloon allow you to enjoy that because most of the time it's not actually going to turn into something and if it does 
then that's when you step in as a parent and, and start to make sure So when sure I told you I wanted to be a model, right. you were like, it's not no. going to evolve. <laughs> no, 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 not, not that at all. Not that at all. But I think um, there'd always been that natural interest. We knew that. And I think in year 11, you were doing, um, you know, there was a... Model a, Academy. A guy who was a photographer. Oh, and that yeah. was year 12. Yeah, actually, yeah. In so year yeah, there was, was your friend who was based, a pretty uh, serious photographer yep. and, and you were stepping in and helping out there. Yep. And um, so it it didn't come as a, a massive surprise to me. Did I ever think that it could um, it would be a career for you? Um, no, mm. um, but um, I, it it didn't concern me. And but you were I, still I think, okay with me having a gap year for it. I, I was okay. And as I said to you and your brother, mm. um, you know, this gap year stuff, it's fine. But don't think you're not going to be working mm. if you're not. If you're not studying, yeah, um, and or you're not travelling and getting experience out there in the world, and mm-hmm. to travel you need to have money. Mm-hmm. We're not going to pay for you to do that. Yeah. Then you have to be working, yeah. and whether that's at McDonald's or, or at the bakery or in a shop, you've got to be working. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, it didn't matter what else you were doing. And and when you did. Um, talk to me about and you went to speak to the agency and the, and then they offered you the opportunity mm. you know as I said to you well it's important even if you even if modeling is a thing that you want to do that you it's not consistent mm-hmm. um, I didn't know enough about the industry mm. um, to sort of fear what you were getting into yeah um, but I didn't think it would be something that would be a, a full-time job for you yeah and that's why I said you've, you've just it's okay to do that, but you've got to have something that's getting consistent money in because mm-hmm. we're not giving you pocket money now mm. and you want to buy things and you want to do things. And fortunately, because you'd started working mm. when you turned 15, mm. you had, you had uh, got developed the value of earning your own money mm. and therefore spending it on what you wanted to spend it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't too scary for me. It was pretty amazing then when we did a very short time, opportunities seemed to come your way and I was, you know, it, it was just one day at a time then. Mm. Can I ask a quick question that's totally off topic? No, you're not allowed to. <laughs> what was the craziest idea Steph had? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I'm trying to think. What crazy I, ideas? Was it like I think of think, any? Was but it, it was, like I want to be an astronaut? No, it wasn't anything like that. It no, might have I just been that be oh, singer, we're though. we're gonna you know me and some friends we're gonna go here and do this or um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just very sporadic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. I, I learned to not pop the ball. not not panic and try and then get all the answers and you know, just sort of sit back because nine out of ten times it would come to nothing, <laughs> you know. So, And I think that's a good lead on to my mum. What did you think, mum? Uh, we actually just had a chat about this and it's funny because I never really took it too seriously and I wasn't very good at it. You did always you, say that. It's just true. Stop saying that sentence. Remove that from your vocabulary. It's, it's realistic. Um, what did you think, mum, when I started doing it? Were you worried or because I didn't take it seriously, you didn't? Um, I wasn't worried because it it wasn't going like you. You were doing you were studying law, so I knew this was your part time job, and it was great that you could do a part time job where um you actually earn a lot of money in a short amount of time. That's yeah. right. So I thought that's a you know you could do that and waitressing and and um yeah. So it just it it didn't worry me. Um, I did. Can you remember when you were about? Oh, it was when about fourteen when that guy. 
went in. Do you remember? And he was actually ended up being on the news. He came in for he found me in the city. He used to scout people. Paul was it? He had a plat that was always jailed back. Oh my god! And he used to try and get people to pay, and that's why we are now in the Facebook community or in in any time anyone asks about it. When you're scouted, sometimes mm. people want you to pay all this money to we, do a shoot. I went, I went through this was with an agency the, but, before before my agency yes. now. And obviously, sometimes it turns out, but often it, they just take your money with no mm-hmm. and suck you into a no contract. promise of any work, and yep. you don't get any. So you just you signed in this contract yep. for two years. Mm-hmm. Can't remember his name, but he was definitely on the news. And it's he... probably the same guy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, I can just remember him ringing me about mm. three or four times and I end up being quite direct with him and saying, don't ring me again. Mm. She's only 14. She's not going with you too because he was going to take you overseas. And yes, just didn't... with him. He said, where are we going to go together? Oh, yeah. Mom so... like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so then when, you know, you, were in, um, you went to uni, you're an adult, so it was just like you, it's your decision. If you want to do this now, it's, you, you know, mm. do what you want to do and deal with it. So. But, yes, that's one thing we are quite, and I think that's why Steph and I are so, we want to reply straight away when anyone asks about courses and things like that mm. because a lot of them are just, because I think to get into the industry when you start, it seems so exciting and so you'll do anything to, to do it. Mm. And so if you're promised, oh, you might work if you pay $5,000 to do work with me, and, mm. you know, you, you do it. You get excited. Exactly. I think the, the modelling course that you did through Year 12, mm. I was more than happy for you to do that because mm. when I looked at the course I felt that there were a lot of life skills there yeah. that whether you were a model or not would be would be good. Yeah. And um it wasn't it wasn't a huge cost for no. a memory either. Yeah. And you know and it was our an agreement thing, was, you know, I was never missing it's not yeah. to impact on school. Yeah. But you know I think I think that was was useful. It didn't necessarily lead to anything, but it certainly <laughs> Gave you some more insight. Oh, for sure. Um, and it was quite experience. Yeah, that it was course, great. The, what, there's some that are quite reputable, but then there's some that unfortunately are not. No, man no. Who her. Yes, not that guy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what I did find from that course was, um, you know, how to present myself um, well and um, not just in my physical appearance, but even like if I'm walking into a casting, how to kind of hold yourself and. Um, obviously act professional around adults when you're working with them and got to do a few test shoots and everything. So, yeah, definitely I found that course really eye-opening or helpful. Um, and then I suppose through the industry, once we got started into it um, and and kind of went through the roller coaster of the modelling industry, obviously since starting Kick and even being on social media, you both would be now aware of kind of some of the issues Laura and I went through, um, whether it was... Uh, with what we were eating or how we were eating or how we were treating ourselves and our body and everything like that. Um, did when, when we started opening up about these sort of things, d- did it kind of shock you or was there ever a moment where you could kind of see something was going on? Because I know I, I never really opened it up to you about it, Mum, at all at the time. Um, and I think it was just because for a long time I didn't even know it was an issue. I just thought that that's the way I was. Um, and... I was kind of scared to open up to anyone about it because it was my own thing. And then when I finally worked out that it was an issue, um, I kind of just went straight to professionals about it and I don't know, I was almost embarrassed. But was there ever a moment, and it's so fine if you never noticed it because maybe we masked Mm. it really well, Um, but I think it's important to talk about because I'm sure there is mums out there with girls on social media right now and they might be teenagers or they might be just getting into the modelling industry and they're worried that they might be going through something similar or 
anything like that. It, mm. Yeah, just. Mm. Well, I think um, looking back, I mean, when I when it started to um, surface, as in you were sort of publicly talking about it, mm. um, it shock sounds a, a really yeah. sort of. No, because you know me. It wasn't so much of a a shock, but I'd never, it had had never been put in that term before and I I never thought about it uh, uh, in that way. Um, When you started modelling, you were still at home. Mm. Um, It was all, you know, all all good. You were getting lots of work. I was still taking chocolate yoga to modelling jobs. Absolutely. (laughs) And really there was was no change Mm. Um, and and you didn't change and you were on a real high. Mm. Um, And, and, I mean, your body was developing still Mm. um, at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think then obviously you, at quite a young age, was it 20? 20 when overseas, yeah. So when you went overseas, um, obviously, um, well, my, my belief is that that's when yeah, it really started, and I think that's because you, you know, you you were over there with a real purpose, mm-hmm. um, and as you said yourself, you could have stayed in Australia mm-hmm. and had five days a week mm. work, earning good money. Mm. Clients were very keen for you. It was a very conscious decision for you to go. I know I can do this and keep busy. Mm. I want to try something different and see if I can break into this this new world over there, mm. um, uh, which, you know, I have to applaud you on because you've certainly got a lot more confidence than, mm. than I would ever have had at that age. Um, so we obviously kept in touch while you were over there. Mm. And I knew that um, you did share a little bit with me or mm. just around how you were feeling more so than, mm. than really eating or, or body or stuff. So I knew that was the case. But I, I think at that time, as Julie said, you get to a point as a parent when you know, okay, well, they are an adult mm. and they've got to make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you were still talking to us about that. So I know that that was open communication. Mm. I could see how you were feeling. Um, you... Um, uh, I know you had a very supportive person in Josh, mm-hmm. and um, and and also good good supportive friends. So I think whilst I I never knew the extent mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. at that time, um, I I think I was confident that I felt you had enough people around you, including Matt at the agency. Mm who I felt that if you weren't talking to me, you would be talking to other people yeah. if you ever got to a point of, you know, desperation. Um, then when you came home, mm. um, it wasn't long before you moved out anyway. Mm. Mm. So there was only really that short period where you were home. And obviously by then you'd got... I mean, before you left to the States, you you never cooked. You, yeah. you weren't in the kitchen at all. The only reason you were in the kitchen was to open the fridge and find something to eat. <laughs> yeah. uh, but when you came back from the States, because you'd had to control, yeah. you'd had to buy, um, cook, eat, clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that when you were coming back, you weren't going to be home for very long. You, your intention was to move out. And I didn't want to suddenly take those things away from you. So mm. you were doing your own shopping you did start to share about how, you know, oh, we should be we should like cooking this. things differently <laughs> and all the rest of it. So I could sense that change, but mm. it, it wasn't, um, um, you know, and I know there were times where we'd sit at the table and often if, if, if we've got people over mm. rather than put things on people's plates, I put dishes in the middle mm. so people help themselves. Mm. And there were certainly times where, you know, you if there was food there, you couldn't stop mm. picking that food. Mm. And there were times where I would say to you, just tell me if you want me to take it away. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and I guess it was my subtle way of going, okay, mm-hmm. you're eating a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't because I was concerned about, God, you know, your bum's getting big, what no. are you doing? No. It was more I could see that, hold on, you've eaten a healthy meal yeah. and yet you're still putting food in yeah. your mouth. You know, something else must be going on. Yeah. But it wasn't all the time. Mm. So I certainly didn't know the extent. Yeah. Um, but I'm... I'm, you know, I think it's like anything, it, 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 uh, you've come through that on the right side. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. What about you, Mum? Um, like Wendy, I was completely unaware. I mm. thought you've you've always been a, like when you were little, you look like a lollipop stick with a, you know, with that. <laughs> <laughs> <A> lollipop. <laughs> oh, slim. Um, so completely unaware. And when I heard you say that, I went, oh, I feel a little bit in shame because because I feel like I've failed because I was completely unaware that that, that was even happening. But um, you got through the other side and it's made you stronger. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've got no advice in, in that area. <laughs> I mean, it's something like we wanted to bring it up with you and um, but we were both like looking at each other like that, exactly what you said was the last thing that we want either of you to feel um, that you'd ever done anything wrong mm. by us or anything like that because it was certainly not at all from the way you guys brought us up. Mm. I mean, um, you even always talk about how you grew up with a very healthy um, household and you never even knew what the word diet was mm. and you didn't really understand why people would do it and you just had an active lifestyle. So there was def- definitely nothing to do with the way we were brought up and that it was fuel- um, purely just fueled by things like social media. And Yeah, it was almost once we were exposed modeling. to things that you couldn't control. Yeah. Like social media, that's when I suppose it's Yeah, and I mean, we. I know I masked it and I know I didn't open up into the depth that maybe I could have or should have, but um, yeah, so I hope... Neither of you feel like that. No, and any um, mums or daughters listening, if you are going through something like that, I think it's something that if you do feel like you need support and you don't have it, you should talk to your parents about it because obviously, as you've just heard, mm. they don't always know because if you're masking it and you're embarrassed by it, how on earth would, would they know? So Yeah, and I think it's something as well that we've brought up, um, that's been brought up in the community a lot that's quite sad is a lot of girls have opened up about the fact that they believe a lot of their dieting issues and stuff has actually come and been fed from their own mums. So I think the only thing that I would have to say is like, I mean, I love that you you brought me up on, you know, just eating normal food and, mm. and not worrying about all that stuff and not worrying about my body image. Um, because, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that as a young girl having that pressure of my mum being on certain like really strict diets and everything like that because I would just see her doing that and think, okay, well, that's what I'm going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an important thing to mm-hmm. mention yeah. as well if any mums are listening. I agree. The power of role modelling is is huge and you shouldn't underestimate mm-hmm. that as a, as a mother. So if you do what you want your kids to do and mm-hmm. you treat them the way you want you know them to treat others and so on as... Is the key, mm. I think, but I think it's also uh, as a as a parent um, um, understanding that you can also learn from your children. Mm. I mean, I know when you came back from the states <laughs> and you you'd suddenly taken a whole lot more interest in food and and nutrition and understanding what were good foods and what weren't good foods. Mm. I've n- never had that. Mm. You know, we've just eaten what we've eaten and mm-hmm. bought what we've bought. Um, and never really thought too much about it. Mm. You know, coming from an English background, it was typically meat and three veg. Mm. Didn't mean it wasn't healthy. No. But, um, 
you know, just the things you cook your food in or the way you cook your food. Or the way you go for fresh sauce over, that, like, that, buying a packet. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that for me was good when you came back from the States um, and you'd obviously been used to cooking your own food, so you wanted to do that, and you started cooking for us. Mm. Um, and so my advice to parents was be open-minded. Mm. You know, if your daughter or son is taking an interest in actually cooking encourage it Mm. you know even if they make a mess in the kitchen (laughs) even if it doesn't taste any good at the end of the day encourage it because it's skills that they need you know you're not always going to be around Mm. um and i think you you share that experience and through that you know we found out you know better way better oils to use (laughs) and it was just good good knowledge Mm. um that i'd otherwise would never know and we would just keep doing what we were doing yeah and I think what I loved from from doing that is I then saw how you kind of implemented these little things that I was taking to the extreme but you did it in such a balanced way which has totally inspired me to pretty much how I eat today in that I you know still have chocolate or, or cookies if I feel like it or um you know hot chips and cheese and crackers and all that sort of stuff um, but it's just the little things that you kind of learnt off me um, and brought that balance. I think it's really cool that you were able to do that because, um, yeah, unfortunately I took it way too extreme when I was living by myself in New York. Going on from there with worrying as a parent, do you have any advice on how to worry less for anyone that is a mum right now or dad? Or Oh, look, you never stop worrying from yes. the minute they're born <laughs> to the minute you're no longer around to worry um you know you worry about everything but I think it's um one point that you made earlier um Julie about um not getting caught up in in all this technology that's available to parents nowadays that we never had um in terms of tracking um being able to see messages and all of those sorts of things you you've got you've just got to have faith that if you are raising your children um in you know in in a positive way and influencing them well and being a good role model you have to get to a point where you trust that they um they've got those ground rules so um you know it's setting that groundwork um you're not always going to be able to control who their friendship groups are and friendships um, at different stages influence them in different ways. And we've experienced that as a family too. But if you've set the groundwork and you've got a good open relationship with them, um, even at times if they pull away, um, you've, you've just got to, you've just got to stay there and keep doing the right, you know, doing the right thing um and 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 trusting so it's very hard to say you know don't worry but it's also if if you're talking about um sort of teenagers as well as i said probably one of the things i used to worry about was all these things that steph would come home and and say they would be doing or murray would say he would be doing uh with a mate um and they'd fizzle out and i'd worried you know i'd had sleepless nights over absolutely nothing um and uh, so it's it's just sort of focusing on what's the really important things and you know giving them the opportunity to try things and fail is really really important too because it's the only way they're going to develop skills 
you know, you got sacked from your first job. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Baker's Delight in Northbourne. Yeah. Oh, then you I moved got to a different one. and then yeah. I went to a different one. <laughs> Love it. Well, you know, but that was a great lesson yeah, because you were never late again. They yeah, had a, a yeah. no late policy and, and they they gave me two warnings. And they, yeah. Absolutely. And you were never late again. Mm. So, you know, um, it, it's, it's allowing them to have those lessons and learn, but being there, you know, to sort of catch them and guide them. And I can say ditto to that with mm. Wendy. <laughs> mm. I think with um, bringing the three of you up, ignorance was um, on my behalf was really good, not knowing what you're actually getting up to. Um, I've got girlfriends now who were sitting down <laughs> years later and saying, oh, I can remember, you know, used to send Laura out the door and she was neck to knee and totally covered. She'd get to our place and off it would come into a ah. stupid dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And, um, and I would always say, you know, when they were talking about, oh, my child's, you know, drinking and they're seventeen, and I'd say, oh no, not my Laura. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just DJing a room, completely sober. That's right, and and exactly, and so ignorance was beautiful because then they'd say later, you know, she came over and she had, you know, she was drinking at our place, and I thought, well, you weren't a very good friend then, were you? Not telling me. <laughs> Mm. At least I got it out of my system early. (laughs) 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 And to finish off, we've got a funny question that we got from the community about our weddings. Mm. So, Charlie, this is from Charlie. Charlie. Yes. How involved with our weddings will you be versus how much would you like to be? (laughs) This man made me giggle, Mum, because I think ever since my first dress fitting, you're like, oh, well. Let me know when I can do something or I'd, I'd, I'd really like to be involved with this sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, this. had still my response. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like we and you know, are pretty similar there. Like we would both like to be involved, but yeah. we're just waiting for the call. Yes. <laughs> I told you. Right. <laughs> you know what? Your sister's too, Laura. We, yeah. had a, we had a Laura's first dress fitting the other day and I, was, I said to her, I was like, now I know we're vlogging this, but let's take this seriously. Do you want? Your mum or your sisters to come, and she was like, "They won't. They won't want to come. No, 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 they won't. They won't want to come." And I was like, "You should probably just call them and ask them." <laughs> Only because I didn't call my mum, and she was quite upset with me when I went and didn't take her. So that's funny, but yeah, are you guys excited for the wedding? Oh, very excited, very excited. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. But um, yes, I guess you just. Uh, I mean, I, I know you and Josh know what you want and how it's going to go, and you've you know, shared some insight with us in terms of how that is. And I think it's great that the two of you, well, from the outside looking in, the two of you are, you know, actively involved in it. It's not just all yeah. one mm. person driving it. So that's great. Um, but, yes, it would be nice to <laughs> play a role. I think the, I think um, we do need to have a coffee. Um, <laughs> no, we do night, because I felt, yes. Well, the other yeah. night. Sorry, Mum. The other oh, night um, I was uh, <laughs> was made aware that Steph has been talking to the designer about my dress. Oh. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, no. that's funny um, because I don't even know what I want my dress to look like. <laughs> so maybe that would be a good conversation to yeah, have Yeah, I apologise. Oh, my goodness, yes, so, you did say that in the fitting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> look, <laughs> I think my mum will definitely like. I think that's because you... But in saying that, I feel like what you will choose for your mum. Well, as soon as you told me what you were kind of interested in, I was like, that's what I was telling them. I find that with you, Steph sends me five wedding dresses a day. Mm, Probably. I probably reply every three days. I'm like, yeah, cool. (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, everything you send me is literally what I like. So I feel like I don't have to look at much because I'm like, I'll, when I feel like it, I'll go back to that message from Steph and she'll know exactly what. Because <laughs> you do. You oh, have gosh. a very good idea of what people, people want. So I'm sure what you've chosen I haven't chosen something, <laughs> Mum. Relax. I was just. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. Oh, Laura. Oh my gosh. No. Um, no, no, no. Basically, uh, all of my bridesmaids are going to be in the same brand, but not the same dress, because I totally understand that everyone's got different body shapes and different things that they like. And then they were talking about you, because not always, but sometimes the mother of the bride will not necessarily be in the bridal party but wear something along the same lines and so all I was thinking was about you know it being the same brand and so I was talking to that brand about different dresses because I knew that you wouldn't be interested in any of the ones that the bridesmaids are wearing and I showed them and you agreed so I do know you I think it's just you being caring but I need to (laughs) yes we need to catch up and probably talk about it and I apologize and I'll probably not the sequence no, <laughs> gosh, look, my face went so straight there. But, like, Laura knows this. I mean, Laura is, Laura is my maid of honour and I literally haven't asked her to do anything because I'm like, no. Nope. And you, you, much like all of the bridesmaids, have been like, you know, let us know when you need us to do something because yes. you're kind of taking the reins and have done it all. That's <laughs> <laughs> just me. <laughs> and we also, I feel like maybe because so we've got a, a group um, with all the bridesmaids in there and Steph um, puts dresses in like, do you like this for a bridesmaid's dress? What colour? And she sends these names of colours. I'm like, I thought they were the same colour. but Well, that was when sure. you finally actually wrote back. <laughs> That was when you finally wrote back. My maid of honour oh, no, wasn't in the group chat the you have for to over a month. Story. So I made this Facebook group pretty much as soon as we had the um, dinner where I told all you girls <laughs> or asked you girls to be in my bridal party, I made this Facebook group so we could always be in touch. And so often we would be like throwing out ideas or like just doing all this stuff and Laura was just mute this whole time and I was like okay she obviously doesn't care so then I whatsapped you because I was like okay now we're actually getting to a point where we're picking dresses for you guys do you mind putting your input in she hadn't even seen the conversation because I wasn't friends with all the bridesmaids on Facebook it went into my Facebook request and I didn't even know that was a thing so this whole time everyone thought I didn't care and I didn't even know it was there Anyway, we're on to it now. But I think the reason, Wendy, maybe is because when you send all the dresses to us, we're like, you choose. Whatever you want us to wear, we'll wear. So maybe Seth just expects you to be the same. No. <laughs> just joking. No. Nah, and honestly, we didn't have to pick anything Wait, did your mom so have much to later. Cut a fringe? We've got six months. <laughs> no one has to cut a fringe. <laughs> sent us a hair reference and you had to oh. have a fringe to have No, you absolutely <laughs> did not. So we you just read into things. Like if your steps are Laura thought she was you so funny. Get a fringe. <laughs> She, it's it's an ongoing joke. She keeps making and laughing at herself, like Julie, as you said. She definitely takes up to you. Anyway, I'll get a fringe for you, no, <laughs> it is very exciting, and we are looking forward to it. And I think it's about you know the whole lead up to it as well. And therefore, yeah. it would be nice to be involved. <laughs> yep. Okay. And not just turn up on the day as yep. a guest. Cool. Yep. Well, it's been said. <laughs> well, thank you for finishing it off. Yeah. Thank you for that. With a laugh, we really, really appreciated having you both oh. um, and sharing your wisdom. Before we go, oh, we have something. I else? want to ask one more question okay. that I haven't written down, just because I thought while well, you're both here, we might as well. Can I ask what were us both as young girls? What was the most difficult part about bringing <laughs> me up, Mum? And what did you love about me growing up as a little girl? Oh, what was the most difficult part? Um, 
I know I was you, difficult. Well, see, this is you being content. You just see the, the brightness in everybody. <laughs> Dad was the one that would smack me in the bum before no, that wasn't look, allowed. You, I mean, you 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 <laughs> tested things. We definitely we definitely had to say no to you. I feel like you always thought the sun sh- shines out of Mum Murray's bum. No, and that's I was very not, different. It's not the case. But <laughs> Murray, we only had to say no to him once, and he'd learn. And that was when he was 16. <laughs> you by then knew exactly what the word no meant, but you didn't under- understand it. Um, so, no, it was more, you, you were more challenging um, in, in, you know, just testing things. I mean, if you had a doll, you had to pull the head off to see how that worked. Um, so you broke more things. Um, <laughs> but you, you were inquisitive. Um, and, and you, yeah, so it wasn't, it was good. It was just normal human behaviour, really. It was just more challenging in that respect than Murray. Murray had been a much more relaxed, compliant, um, Probably because I maybe, maybe took the, the kind of traits from dad and maybe Murray took your contentness. Yes, I think so. (laughs) Um, but what I loved about you, I mean, both of you really, but you, you were just always such a happy, happy child, um, I mean, I can't really remember times where you're unhappy um, or if you were, it was very much over, you know, a little thing and then you'd get over it very, very quickly. So um, you were always, you know, very out there and happy and um, so that was that was always very easy. Mm. What about you, Mum? Well, you were the firstborn, so it was just so much easier um, with you and then Sienna... Um, she was she was fine too. I think it's Lucy who's been my most <laughs> challenging. <laughs> no, so Lucy's my youngest sister. So she's six years younger than me. She's twenty, and she is very strong minded. Yes, but I love it. Yes. She's challenging in a very good oh, way. Oh, absolutely! Like yeah, power to her. She's got her opinions and she says them. And <laughs> um, yeah, I, whilst I try not to encourage it too much, I I'm yeah. I you do, also I, don't want to shut it down. No, I don't want to shut it down at all. And I'm proud of all three of you I think you've all um have done are doing extremely well and um I feel like when you were just young kids it was at, at that point where I've just gone wow you know these guys are going to have a really good you know life and are doing far mm. better than what I ever could have ever <laughs> have done and yeah you just um yeah, you just keep doing amazing things all the time and, and you and Steph both are just mm. like on this amazing trajectory where you're just so going up so fast. I'm so proud of like both of you and, um, you and I'm, and I'm proud of... All yeah. credit to the parents, hey, Julie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've done anything. This is thing. Um, at all, I think Laura's pretty much self-made. She's, um, you know, she's been independent from a very young age. Mm. Um, yeah, doing like even from the age of... Like when we went through like the divorce, not to say too much about that, but um, it was at that point where I said, okay, if you want to buy dresses, if you want to buy presents for your friends and everything, you're actually going to have to get a job mm-hmm. because you'll be paying for everything. And you did. So, um, And the same for Sienna. They knew as soon as they turned, what was it, like 14 years 14, and seven nine months, same nine months yeah. bang, job and same with Luce. So now you all got really good work ethics and you all work really hard, all balancing like working full time and studying and so, yeah, no challenges from – I didn't find it challenging. I just, you know, just amazed by you Maybe guys. at the time. I feel like when you look back on things, you're like, that wasn't hard. But <laughs> at the time, we probably were. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Well, now that we've, you know, been complimented and, and everything, <laughs> now we can let you guys go. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. Um, we've been very excited to have this chat. Yeah. Honestly, ever since we started the podcast, it was something that we wanted to do. And um, thankfully, Mother's Day came up. So it was, it was the perfect time to have you both on. Thanks for having us. The community will have enjoyed it as much as we have this morning. (laughs) Now for a coffee coffee now. (laughs) (laughs) Done. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. So thank you so much to everyone for listening to that conversation. We hope that you enjoyed it. We really enjoyed having it. And thank you for the questions that you sent through. We also have another question this mm-hmm. week, our question of the week. And we're so sorry we didn't do it last week, but we're definitely going to make sure we do it every single episode. Steffi, what is the question of the week? So thank you, Ali, for sending it in. It is, what made you decide to do a podcast? Oh. Great question. Great question. Do you want to start it off? Sure. So the reason we wanted to do the podcast is, first of all, we wanted to be able to express ourselves in a way that wasn't just through an Instagram caption or an Instagram story. I feel like you can only say so much Mm. in a story, but in a podcast, you can go into a lot more Mm -hmm. um, and speak about things that we really care about that we might not be able to on Instagram. I think that was one of the main reasons. Yeah, definitely being able to dive into things deeper than we would be able to on any other platform. Um, also the community asked for it you know we noticed that it was something that more and more people were doing ourselves we've been listening to podcasts more than ever um, and we just wanted to kind of jump on that because the girls were just asking us to do it and and yeah it became a a passion so we're so happy to have finally started Um, this is for you guys but it is in a way also for us we've Mm. really enjoyed it um, ourselves and as much as it it would come under work I suppose it's been really enjoyable and like getting to talk to so many awesome people and then people that are close to us being able to share their stories and everything it's it's been really awesome so we hope you guys have been enjoying our podcast so far yeah and sharing the information I think what's been amazing and we're so lucky we have so many amazing women around us that Mm. give us so much advice so we wanted to be able to open I suppose that up for you to listen as well because we are so lucky to be in the position to get the advice but we think that we really just wanted to share it and and that's why we've you know yes Keep It Cleaner is all about health and fitness of course but it's also about you know being confident in your career and because Steph and I run this business every day a lot of the things that we go through are actually business related, Mm. you know, as well as health and fitness. So that's why we've got the kind of business spin on it as well, because it's kind of just sharing our experiences and Mm. and that's what we're going through at the moment. Thank you for sending that in, Ali. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants to ask us any questions, we'll answer a new question every week. Uh, Generally, one of us will put up one of those question polls on Instagram. That's been our favourite way to get people's questions. So make sure you look out for those. Um, And then that's about it from us today. So I suppose we'll just sign off with the usual... um, our Instagram tags. If you guys want to find out more about us or find us elsewhere, we're both on Instagram, laura.henshaw or Steph Claire Smith. And then there's, of course, Keep It Cleaner and our website, www.keepitcleaner.com.au. Thank you so much for Thank listening. You. And if you can, please subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us um, in the charts, mm-hmm. which we'd really, really appreciate. And also thank you to everyone for all of your beautiful reviews. We appreciate them yeah. very, very, very much. So thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> see, wait, not see you next week. Here. We'll talk you next to you week. next week. <laughs> we'll work this out one day. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>